Craggy Rugby Podcast, the Scarlet's edition. Connick beaten, 36 points to 27. Before we talk, let's take you into the story of the game. I'm on commentary. Um, I'm Rob Murphy too. I didn't introduce myself. As Alan Deegan points to me there, Alan Deegan's on co-commentary. Let's uh, get the story of the game. Scarlet's line out and they've got the quick ball into the centre and here's Jonathan Davis and Aki slips off the tackle and Davis keeps going and gets the offload and underneath the post and have they got the touchdown? Yes they have! First phase off the line out, missed tackles in the centre, the Scarlet's are underneath the post, eight minutes gone, that's the start Connick didn't want. Well exactly, they couldn't give, this is the first time the Scarlet's have had the ball, secondly the second time they've got the ball going forward with their, back, with their backs running onto the ball at pace, uh, the first time they almost scored down in the left hand corner, the second time they have scored under the post. Um, right winger Johnny McNichol coming on the shoulder of Jonathan Davis there for his fifth try in five games, what a story for the man who was born in Christchurch and uh, great score but yeah defence costing Connick there. Davis is on the ball again. Connacht have a lot of work to do to marshal this back line for the Scarlets, and they've got the start they wanted. Aki pushes up in the line. That's caused a bit of confusion. Connacht have picked up the ball and they're looking to get over the line. Cardi's going for the line. He's over. He's got the touchdown. Out of real pressure from Bundy Aki. And Connacht have got the try that they desperately wanted. What a response. That's incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that the ref hasn't gone and looked at the replay because I, I thought that Jack Hart did. <laughs> yeah, so let's describe what happened. Sorry, Jack Hardy sorry. has taken the conversion there really quickly as a drop kick because he wanted to make sure it was over before the referee had a chance to go to the TMO. He must know something. The referee is now blowing the whistle I, I and we'll just was, see what the story is. Yeah, I think when so so Bundy came out of the line, shot out of the line, put the scars under pressure, the ball doubled around, Jack Hardy ran onto the ball, looked as though he might have knocked it on, but regathered it and got under the post. And it was Bundy who took the drop kick. <laughs> Right beside the ref to stick it over the post. But um, Nigel Owen said, no, no, hang on, I've got a call here. So we're waiting to see whether there was a knock-on, if it's being given. You're just watching the ground. Like I think is. Nigel Owens is happy. But the Aki won't be credited with any conversion. It's going to be Jack Hardy <laughs> taking the actual conversion now. But Connacht have responded phenomenally well. Scarlet's ball with their winger Johnny McNichol, who has their try so far. They're still only 11 metres inside the Connacht half the field. Five or six phases without any major game, but they're just probing and it just needs one break. Ken Owens spins out of uh, a hit that was coming from Ulster Delad. Alan Davis digs it out. Davis first receiver, skips it on Scott Williams. One hands to Steph Evans. If he steps inside, he could be true. He's done that. He's going to go all the way in for the try. Blake couldn't hold him. Evans scores. Yeah, Connick didn't get their numbers right there. When the when the ball went to ground, there wasn't enough Connick players calling for against their opposition. They're not numbering up well. This happened last week as well. They're not numbering up, having a look up, seeing how many numbers there are, and pulling people across. As soon as Seth Evans got that ball, you knew he was going to score. Fabulous footwork from that one. Scrum is steady. Ball is out. Aki has it underneath his old post as he bursts out and gets about six metres. There's a poor pass and a ball lost. Not quite sure what happened, but it was a big mix-up as Blade popped it back. And the Scarlet's have it now. Connacht under huge pressure. Leader pushes up in the line in almost desperation. And he is offside. So Connacht are about to concede three at the very least. Maybe more. It's all gone wrong after a steady scrum. Jake Ball with the carry. Quick hands might do it. Evans. Evans wants to take them on himself. Now he gets the offload. Seth Evans has scored a try and he's made a try. Reese Batchel with the score. That's a big mistake for Connick. 15 minutes to go to half time. And the Scarlet's going to a 17 points to 10 lead. Now Patchell's trying to drop kick conversion. He's kicked that to the left and wide. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why Is he, he did worried that. about a TMO scenario pass, as well? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. The ref has given it. 
It's quite strange, this dropkick conversions to catch referees out. And it's something you're going to have to look at because uh, it's a bit daft, really. Patch. Well, yeah, Tom McCartney's just gone up to talk to Nigel Owens to say, hang on a minute, you didn't allow us to take our dropkick earlier in the game. Why, why is it not the same scenario here? So TMO is being asked to have a look at this. Did Patchell know something? Well, we talked to say with Bundy Hackey, but as it turned out for Carty's try for Connacht earlier on, that there was nothing to uh, review, really, or, or there was no problem with the score. Now Halfpenny is going to steady himself. He's going to be the one that will take the conversion once the TMO reviews the try, just to see if it was a forward pass from Steph Evans. He offloads. Could well be forward, but it's going to be very hard to see from that angle. I don't know, good feeling. I didn't really think it was. But, but, uh, yeah, must be said, the Connacht a, players. A better, a better angle is needed on this one. The Connacht players really felt it was. Yeah, it's every every suggestion that it might have been, but it's it's hard to tell at that angle, Alan. And I, and I believe the Nigel Owens having trouble um, hearing the TMO. Ah, that looks uh, okay from looks that okay angle. Yeah, I think his hand went backwards. So big charge for Quinn Rue, and he belts back the tackle, and he's a strong man when he does that. Cardi figured the pass wasn't really on to Jared Butler so he took it into contact middle of the field 10 metres shy at that 22 Blade has to kind of take a few steps back to get a ball that comes loose for the ruck that looked a bit high on Blade I know he's a small man but that was still the, the tackle was around the neck leader passes it on to Farrell who gets two scarless men coming at him Aki tries to come in and protect the ball he has to pick it up to save the day good work for Bundy Aki there and now he's trying to shove off a few players Davis tries to rip it out of Aki's hands, but he's safe in that regard. Alton Delan with the carry now. He really wants to get that part of his game going, and Connick need it. Scarlett's off their feet on the wrong side, causing a bit of disruption. No penalties, though. Blade, Cardi, Cardi to Butler. Good work for Butler to keep that alive. And Tom Farrell's away. Farrell in the jump and turn. He gets the pass off. This could be try time for Connick. It is Tiernan O'Halloran. Brilliant. Fantastic piece of play. Beautiful hands. That's the skill set that we've been looking to see Connick show throughout the game. They drew the man. Butler drew the man perfectly. Set Farrell away. Farrell ran, drew his man perfectly, and left a free run to the line. We thought this was going to be a cracking game, and it is. Good finish to the half for Connick, but they want to keep it going. Alton Delan with the carry, is it? No, that was a disguise. He got the offload to Quinn Rue, and he smashed into contact. Middle of the pitch now. First receiver is Tiernan O'Halloran. Skips a man, gives it through. Oh, McKeown through the gap. Leaves someone on his shoulder, gets it off to Farrell. Farrell looks for the offload. He just can't find it as he's tackled inside the 22. Quick ball, lazy runners for the Scarlet. Leader gets it out. Butler, one more pass. This will be a try. Keith Keller in the corner. Wonderful stuff for Connick. Three tries on the board. They're now into the lead. Half time coming in five minutes. Keller in the corner. That was brilliant play and some brilliant decision making there. The ball could have been, Farrell could have dropped that ball off and just knocked it off and, and, and had it knocked on, but he made the right decision to hold on to it, set it back, because there was enough players coming on the support lines that they could get that ball out wide. Beautiful handling. They're drawing each man. This is something Connick weren't doing last season and they weren't doing it earlier on in the season. They're drawing the man to make sure that this holds outside. It's brilliant play. Absolutely fantastic stuff. First receiver is the man who came on a, few, a, a, good, a good 10, 15 minutes ago. It looks like a permanent replacement, Dylan Evans. There's a pop-up to Ken Owens. McKeown tries to take him Those to the ground, but the offload comes. Here's Davis. Davis looking to see can he get that out to Steph Evans. Evans is away. Keller can't stop him. Ball back inside. Half-Betty gets the try. What a game we have here. And the Scarlets have responded again. Big score just before half-time. Could be crucial. Yeah, yeah. That takes all the momentum away, back away from Connacht once more. They needed to hold out. 
and make sure that they didn't concede anything with you know the last minute or two to play. I'm going to have to look back at the stats and see how many times they've let tries in in the last minute, the last few minutes of the first half and the second half so far this season. Again, the case is switching off. They had the ball. There was no reason for them not to have the ball. They got it ripped off them and the try is scored. Every time the Scarlets get within 30 metres of the, the try line, it looks like they're going to score. Having said that, the same goes for Connacht. The restart. This is the last play of the first half. Steph Evans needs to be wrapped up. Budiaki lost possession there. That's what led to the turnover. But the swift hands were pretty for the Scarlets. Alan Davis kicks it to touch. He'll take half-time. Nigel Old singles half-time. <laughs> Nigel Owens almost didn't blow the halftime whistle and Alan Jones is really worried for a second he'd kicked it in too early. <laughs> yeah, very funny moment here, but halftime 26 points to 22. Absolute belter of a game in terms of excitement. Yeah, this is cracking stuff. That was a bit unlucky for, for Alton the land there. Had he held on to that ball, Connick did have a bit of an overlap uh, inside him, but it really the game is being played at such a pace, it really is. High quality, uh, not say high quality because there's too many mistakes, but there's two teams trying to play at a really high tempo. Um, and as the season goes on and they get better at this stuff, I think these teams are going to entertain an awful lot of crowds. And that's what we were hoping for from Connacht as they learn under the new coach and develop. We haven't seen enough of that, but today might be the day where this, they will say they've turned the corner. So far, so good. Line out is strong inside their own 22. Problem time here, though, big time. Mistake from Connacht, and the mistake is probably going to go against uh, Jake Heenan. He carried the ball into contact, he went to ground, he got back up onto his feet, and as far as Nigel Owens is concerned, and I have to say as far as most of us are concerned watching that, it looked like he got he was held and he should have released the ball. It's a penalty to discard it in front of the post, and that could be a big moment. 26-22, this should take it to a seven-point lead. 73 minutes and 20 seconds on the clock. Shane Delahunt to throw into the Connick line-out. The ball is won, and it's set by McKeown, and Butler spins off the side trying to catch the Scarlets out there who might have been expecting the mall. It doesn't work in the end, but they have possession. Quinn Rue goes into contact. Good support play to make sure it's cleaned out over. Della Hunt spinning around. They're about 16 metres from the Scarlets line, middle of the 22. Scarlets over that ball on their feet. Almost got the turnover. But it comes out and an opportunity for McCure. Back inside. O'Halloran. Has he held it? He scored! Huge moment for Connacht. The conversion to come 29-27. Brilliant, brilliant piece of play. Great work from Delahunt. Took the ball at pace, put the Scarlets on their back foot. Brilliant cleaning out from Connacht. Back they came. Owen Griffin saw where the gap was, went through the gap. Beautiful offload and a fantastic piece of skill from Tiernan O'Halloran to hold on to the ball. He juggled it, he tapped it, and he tapped it a second time, and somehow that ball found its way into his arms. Brilliant from McKeown. We've been praising him throughout the game. He got the assist. He had now the conversion to come from Cardi. He's placing it on the 22. It's nearly 15 metres in from the uh, right-hand side. Right-footed kicker. Just looking at those posts, they're starting to sway. They weren't swaying like that earlier on. Just to correct myself, right-footed kicker on the left-hand side, 15 metres in for the left-hand touchline. If Cardi gets this, we'll be level. But Connacht have got a bonus point there from that try. Four tries for Connacht, so they have two points at the moment. This to take us level. Famously drew 33 all here all of 13 years ago and when I say here I mean in Stratty Park Cardi with the kick towards the post he's missed it to the left 29 points to 27 and the Scarlets are still on track for 5 points now with a bonus point win and that's, that's frustrating Jack Cardi has been kicking superbly well this season ok he missed a really difficult kick earlier on in this game but that was definitely within his range and the crowd are alive now first time in about 25 minutes I've heard this uh, Parky Scarlets crowd 29-27 
Well, it's been a it's been an excellent performance by Connacht, and just a little bit of panic at the end, but they just needed to calm things down and just get themselves out of position. I did say that if they did score, the big thing would be. Scarlet's ball from the scrum. They're going for this. Connick making their tackles in the centre. Griffin with the tackle. Good one at that. Ball popped to tight burn. He's the four man. He's going to play a part of the Irish Six Nations. Connick on the wrong side of the rock. Easiest call of the day for Nigel Oates. Advantage to the Scarlet's. Connick just hanging on. A conversion try will take a bonus point off them. The Scarlet's want to see this through. Steph Evans. The tackle's going in for Connick. But that was ill discipline at the base of the rock. Four points to 27. Well, certainly, Ty Byrne has shown that he's probably the best second row playing rugby in the Northern Hemisphere at this moment in time. That was a brilliant piece of play. Ripped the ball off his own man, realised he was free, took off and scored a try. But that came from Connacht making a, making a silly error and not getting the ball down the field. Trying to play, the, you know, trusting the fact that there was still time to put the ball down the field and make, make the opposition make mistakes. Very disappointing, but uh, uh, yeah, very disappointing. Kieran Marmion. Four tries for Connacht, four tries, five tries for the Scarlets. Connacht attacking in what is effectively the last play of the game. They trail at the moment by nine points. They need to dig out one more score of any kind to get a second point out of this game. Right now, just the one point for those four tries. There's a knock backwards, almost a knock on, probably was knocked on on the ground, yeah, and yeah. that will finish the game. Nigel Owens blows the whistle. I'm sure he's going to be happy to say full time here. The crowd are on their feet. That is it at Parky Scarlet. A massive improvement from Connacht on anything we've seen in the Kieran Keane regime. We knew it was going to take some time. We didn't expect it to explode to life from such a disappointment from last week. But it does end in disappointment here, and I'm sure the Connacht players will be really, really frustrated with how that finished. A misconversion initially that could have levelled the game, and then the Scarlet's getting in for that try. Tight burn. Final score is 36 points to 27. Oh, McKeown, I'm just saying to you, for what it's worth, well played yourself and well played to the Connacht team because it's a big turnaround from maybe a disappointing start to the season, but at the same time, as a group of players, you probably feel like you've left that one behind you. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. Like, I think we, uh, the way we played um, and coming here and getting four tries is obviously a massive positive, but um, I think we're just slightly disappointed in the fact that we, we, we give away some easy possession and uh, and when you do that against the Scarlets, they're going to capitalise on it. Like they, they won the league last year, so... Um, like you know, you just you just can't cough off ball that easy. Uh, otherwise, you're going to find it very hard to win that game. But I thought we did all the right things in attack. Probably just um, probably just let ourselves down in a couple of exits and a couple of defensive mishaps. But um, again, we'll, we'll look at the positives and we'll try and bring it forward into next week. Yeah, and I'm going to get to the positives, but just on those closing stages, if either half there's a couple of restarts, that obviously if you secure possession, go through the phases, it'll be a totally different game. It's kind of similar to last week. Just at the end, you've, you've shipped a couple of scores at the end of each half and it proved costly. Like. Yeah, we spoke about that briefly uh, after the game. There, um, I know it's, it's probably still a bit fresh. It's hard to we haven't we haven't analysed the game right yet, but I, I think it was just it was just small little communication errors or, uh, that we're having, and it, it's just it's costing us heavily. So um, again, I, I think it's it's reflective of probably a couple of little communication uh, things that we've had in the training pitch that have probably brought through. So I think if we tidy it up there um, and get things bang on on the training pitch, it'll carry forward into the games, and we won't be coughing up these easy scores. Kieran Keane was not happy last week after the performance you guys weren't either what's happened in the space of a week to get such a good collective attacking effort there um, I, look I, I think 
we probably we, 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 we put a big focus on the first 40 or the first uh, first 20 um, after last week and we were like look we, we can't we can't come out with that that sort of mentality in the first 20 and then expect to come back and win the game so um, we, we we put a big focus on starting strong uh, winning the physical exchanges and uh, and just and doing our job so um, I think that that was a big bonus for us and we really put a we really put an emphasis on that so um, going on that like I thought that was a big improvement from last week but again back to those costly errors uh, that are killing us and, and costing us the game Best part of the attacking play probably sparked from the tempo and the determination to keep the ball alive quick lineouts from Tierney and O'Halloran and things like that do you think this team is at its best when, when the game is, is high octane I think so, yeah. I think when we bring the tempo or we dictate the tempo, that's when we play the best. Um, we spoke about, uh, we've been working on a couple of things, uh, a couple of changes that Kieran has made uh, with the backs and, and our new shape and that, and probably still uh, a couple of things we're getting used to. But I think when you can see when we bring the tempo and when we get into shape, that the holes open all over the place. And, and, uh, and that's the rugby we're trying to play. We're trying to score as many tries as possible. And I think you can see there, like, we're doing it. It's just a, a small couple of defensive things that, that, that are killing us and, and the exits again. Will be a little bit, you know, shoulders back next week, a little bit more. Will this give you confidence, or will you just go through the motions again and go through the processes again? Ah, yeah. Look, like we'll we'll put this to bed pretty early on Monday, I imagine, and, and move forward. Take what positives we can from it, and take the confidence from that as well. Because yeah. I mean, to come over here and score four tries against the against the champs. We, we have to take the positives from that um, so I think we'll, we'll go back we'll train Monday we'll, uh, we'll probably train again Wednesday and we'll just tidy up those little errors um, again they're, they're, they're basic stuff it's not we're not a million miles away as we spoke about there you know we're, it's literally one or two small little things that are just costing us big um, but I think once we tidy those things up I think we'll be uh, we'll be a lot stronger I mean this in the right sense but can you win in Ravenhill after all these years? Oh absolutely absolutely yeah. like people talk about you know the, the fact that we haven't won there in so long and all that sort of stuff would like that's just that's just people from the outside on the inside you know we just focus on our process and, and what we're doing and and uh, that's all we can do you know if we listen to everyone every week we probably go array or uh, a lot of the time so uh, again we keep uh, we keep ourselves for ourselves and let the, the media and the public you know talk what they want to talk and, uh, and that's just it people are going to be talking about you in the number eight role did you enjoy it today i did actually yeah it's been a, it's been a while uh I think I played a lot of six and seven the last couple of years, but it was it was nice to get a bit of a, a run at eight now again. Um, so yeah, yeah, happy. I was happy with how it went. Kieran, first things first. Can you just kind of give us your assessment of what was a high octane, high scoring game? It was a really good game, wasn't it? Mm. So, lot of good things came out of it for us. Obviously, having to have another close shave was a, was a was a bit of a teaser to us and probably broke everybody's hearts again but you know um, there were some real positives around this one yeah and that was the thing because it's such an improvement on the previous week you could really get excited about it on the same sense you probably could say point lost at the end and had things gone a little bit better maybe there was a win there oh no I thought that we we were going to win from the kickoff and then as the game progressed I thought we'd come back really well so we had them stretched but we actually self-destructed, perhaps, in the last seven or eight minutes and put ourselves under pressure. But, you know, there were some really good things here today, so it's not, it's not like last week where we had it. 
chances in the 22 taken in the first half. When you get in there, you're away from home, you get a little glimpse of an opportunity. If you get the tries from it, it changes the whole complexion of the game. You were nine points down at one point in that, in that second half and you turned it around to lead by three before halftime. Yeah, no. They in the first that, half, I should yeah. say. Sorry. The, the boys showed a lot of composure around that, and we, you know, we we do believe in what we're doing. So um, it's it's simply a matter of sticking with that for for 80 minutes, you know. So we put ourselves under immense pressure, uh, really, and and we have to look at why that was. And we've just had a bit of a chat in the sheds, and boys are really down about it. But but I don't think they have to be too too tough on themselves because it's, it can be fixed it's not it's not terminal last week obviously you said you wanted you wanted an improved performance were there specific areas out there today that you looked at and went right we're doing better in that area and i'm happy about that yeah i thought our attack was was five times better um our defense probably wasn't but um our attack and our set piece were were sound um so they were big pluses, really. The scrum penalties obviously give you a great opportunity. Also, the Scarlets lineup going into this game, I think, was a hundred percent. I mean, you've got a couple of really important steals during the during the second half off that. Yeah, no, I thought our, our 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 set piece was pretty good, really, apart from a couple of decisions. You know, our exit our exiting was a real issue for us. Um, but that's that's not so much the set piece it's more around the rationale and the calling and so on so we can fix that keep in mind this is a world-class backline that the Scarlets have and they will punish you at the same time like last week tries just at the end of the first half a try just at the end of the game these are going to be areas that could change from a one-point game into maybe getting five points with the game well you know I've got that belief so uh, I'm glad you have too so um I'm just, I'm just having to be a bit more patient than I normally am. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I think, I think it was another tough, tough one to take. But um, Scarlets are a quality side. Opened us up a couple of times. You know, one-on-one tackling is um, down to the individual. It's not a team thing. So. Um, there were some really good things here today. This is the first of two very tough away games, and the second one is a very traditional fixture, obviously an interprovincial venue. Connacht have won since nineteen sixty. Not wanting to remind you of that. Do you relish those kind of chances to maybe take this, build on the positives, and see if you can get a victory up there? Absolutely, absolutely. And it's nothing like creating a little bit of history. Yeah. So that'll be uh, a challenge for us. And if we're up for it, you know, I'm all in corner change turn today did you think you've turned your corner now after this performance um too too easy uh, too too early to say to be honest um but everything that was probably um negative is fixable in my opinion so yeah no it was a it was a positive loss if i can put it that way game section of the podcast that was the voice of Old McKeown before him well I think everyone knows Kieran Keane's voice who's in the podcast this week Lily McKenzie welcome along I'm back again got my chair squeaking Alan Deegan how are you hiya Rob great to say Rob Lloyd from South Wales Evening Post 
got that right. Good to see you again, Rob. Yes, joins us in every Clarenetly podcast. As you said, you never fail to make the visit, lad. <laughs> yeah, no, always a great, uh, always a great trip across uh, across the LEC to see you boys and yeah. yeah. We're the only journal, even the Dublin journalists yeah, don't, don't do furries. We don't see many here, so it's it's great to see some visitors here. Yeah. <laughs> well, before I bring the guys in, maybe you give us a perspective. We came in in a little bit of a mini crisis. Our coach was very grumpy after the last defeat. A lot of people, including myself and many others, were quite grumpy at the mistakes, the discipline. The team just seemed to be out of kilter. We were wondering what's what's for the future for Connacht. Uh, we're feeling a bit more positive after what we saw there. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think if Jack Hardy would have nailed that conversion, which was which is pretty kickable to be honest, wasn't it at the end? Um, and that game would have ended in a draw. I don't think any Scarlets fans or players or coaches could have had any complaints with that. I think uh, I thought Connacht were excellent. I, I didn't, to be honest, I didn't see that come in. I haven't seen them last season, towards the end of last season, and, and the start of that season, this season, particularly against the Blues last weekend. Just didn't see that come in. It was it was a great game of rugby. It was an absolute thriller. You know, nine tries, breathless stuff, and uh, you know, against a side as confident as the Scarlets, you know, Connacht gave us as good as they got. Yeah, cracking game, Alan. Yeah, that Scarlet's backline was as good as we expected it to be. And Steph Evans, I could, I'd pay quite a lot of money to go and watch Steph Evans play rugby. I just think he's amazing. When you put him with Jonathan Davies in there as well, it's just that's a phenomenal pairing they have. That's, it's, yeah, really enjoy the Scarlet. Is he the best ringer in Wales? Well, it's interesting. Warren Gatlin was there in the stands today with uh, with his assistants, and Steph keeps delivering time after time. And of course, you've got Lee Halfpenny, you've got Liam Williams, you've got George North, you've got three British yeah. Lions. Yeah. So. Naturally, and three favourites, obviously, of Warren as well. So, you know, it's going to take some performance to, to oust those three. But at the moment, Steph's doing everything he can. You know, his, his ability to come off his own wing, beat the first defender, and his offloading game has just been superb this season. You know, uh, I think he's top of the league in terms of just offloads. And when you've got people like Johnny McNichol and John Davis and Scott Williams and Halfpenny running off him as well, it's just, uh, it's just great to watch. That's where overseas signers work, Lindley. You bring in a guy like McNichol into that back line. You know, you might even say they could have looked at the Southern Hemisphere and said, we don't need another back. We've got loads of them, but he just compliments it so well as well. I think he got his fifth try in five games now. I hope so, because that's what I wrote. Tick that one off, has been correct. Yeah, pretty impressive scoring from the Scarlet. They punished two particular just bad mistakes from Connacht and punished so ruthlessly. Yeah, the, the, I think the thing about Connacht this time, and when you look at the last four games, one, the weather hasn't been great. Two, the opposition's been totally different opposition. Scarlets and Connacht played a similar type of game. They actually, it was like Connacht thrived mm. on playing this open, kind of loose game. Mm. It gave them opportunities to play the game that they haven't been they haven't been able to produce so far this season. There was always going to be a step up step up in performance. So I think those conspired towards a, 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 a genuinely the, the best attacking performance I've seen from Connacht this season. It's hard, Rob, for you to be uh, completely analysing Connacht or anything, but just do you see anything different there? And this is a tough question, maybe to answer it for the Pat Lamier in terms of anything new from Connacht tonight. Was there something, or certainly did they did they rediscover some of their better rugby? Well, it was a real desire to play and play from deep as well. You know, there, there were times when the Scarlets put them under pressure, say they'd be a mistake, and you'd expect right Connacht to clear the lines, but they didn't. They went again, and they they looked, and I thought their back, I thought the centres, it Farrell, at, at Tom Farrell, Farrell yeah, yeah, centre yeah. was ex- really strong game. I thought Halloran out wide was was a real live wire, you know, and. Yeah. Um, 
obviously uh, McKean at, at number eight, he, yeah. he really punched some holes. And yeah, they just they had this offloading game that we so used to seeing from the Scarlets, and uh, yeah. they almost, as, as Lindy said, they mirrored them, and they 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 thrived in that that game where it was so loose. There were mistakes. There was a lot of air being into the ball, and yeah, it was just a great game to watch. Both sides really, you know, took the game to each other. Really, Alan, do we just have to enjoy these games and not focus on like seventy five percent tackle counts and, and you know handling errors? Are, are we guilty sometimes in rugby of looking for perfection in each and every area? Like? And there's no harm in looking for perfection, but it's great to get a game that you know that's the sort of game that brings people back. That's the sort of game that people are looking to play. I, I notice. You know, just chatting to people around, you know, where I work, that that they they now prefer to watch rugby games than soccer games because soccer games they feel have got so boring. Whereas rugby, when you're when you're looking at that, you know, it's on BBC TV tonight, so there's a whole lot of people looking at two teams trying to play an awful lot of rugby. Yes, there was mistakes, but what's wrong with mistakes? Yeah, <laughs> you know, well, I suppose the mistakes are if it costs you a game, and I'm sure right. that and I'm sure that the analysts will go through it and the coaching staff will go through it and they'll pick out all of those mistakes that did prove costly. I think the thing about that game of rugby was for the 7,000 supporters there, yeah. and it was a beautiful evening. Mm-hmm. It was it's a great entertainment, and I think, yeah. you know, in that sense, rugby is the winner. Yeah. What, what I like about what's happening here, and it was more inevitable to happen here because it was more of a structure, is you see to kick, kicking off with that great title success last year, which, as you know, we didn't do. We were here 12 months ago and we were in a bit of a mess after our, our, our success, but Scarlet seemed to have stepped well, up. Well, I remember you came in here 12 months ago and think Connick had a win and Scarlet didn't have a win. Oh, and we were right, in that yeah. situation where it was, you know, both the two desperate sides. And I think from the, I think Connick were leading at half time. Uh, Scarlets managed to sc- scrape a win, a couple of tries from Liam Williams, and from there on, I think the Scarlets only lost two more league games on the way to the title. They were just inspired all the way through, so things can change very quickly. But yeah, in the space of the last twelve months, uh, the confidence in this place has just been incredible. Just, just the, the desire and the ability to to pass from deep, just to be confident in their own skills. Yeah. Um, you speak to players here, and they're all talking about the training sessions and a Stephen Jones. So, Forwards have been told to draw a man and give and just skills, skills, skills all the time. And you're seeing it out in the field, you know, props giving passes, um, taking passes and, and, and the backs are just, you know, John Davis and Scott Williams, even though he had a bit of a shock in that first, uh, yeah. for the first Connick try, some of his passing today was just lovely to watch. And he's just putting players like Steph Evans and McNichol into space. If, if this was another Irish rugby podcast, we'd be like, will you give us Tigberg back? But Because yeah. we come from the West of Ireland. Yeah, yeah. But in a sense, I, I personally, and I think I speak yeah. for a lot of Connacht rugby fans, we love seeing someone like Tigberg getting outside of the other provinces because he's thrived here. Mm. It's great to watch. He must be loved here. Right, man of the match last week came on, had a couple of turnovers and a, and a match winning try this week. So yeah, yeah he's, he's doing all right in fairness yeah, to him. He made a big impact, I think. He did, yeah. I mean, he's been a revelation. You know, he, he arrived last year uh, as almost the last signing in the Scarlets made he was playing Premiership Rugby a bit of British and Irish Cup um, and then he, he just managed to get a, a look in for a Heineken Cup game against um, sorry Champions Cup game against Toulon down here had a fantastic game and from there he didn't look back after that and obviously his performances in that semi-final against Leinster and then against Munster in the final were just superb and uh, yeah unfortunately what comes with that is that uh, he's turned a few heads uh, in Ireland and it seems obviously they're very keen to bring him back and you can't blame him if he goes back he wants to play for Ireland he's got those ambitions and uh, Best of luck to him. I think he played for Ireland either way, to be honest. Yeah, he's the second player who's come over to Wales in particular. I can't remember too many other players have come to play for Wales, but Tommy Bowe did the same thing. Tommy Bowe became a way better player having come over here to to an environment which obviously wants players to play at high skill levels and, and 
rewards player for being that ambitious. It might be one or two more players in Ireland. Robin Robin Copeland had a couple of great great seasons with the Blues and then... um, he went back to Munster. I don't think he's been quite the same player at, at, at Munster as he was when he's with the Blues. He's a real, uh, he's a real integral part of the Blues game when he was there, you know. But I don't think he's quite kicked on with Munster. But yeah, it's burn. He's just been, he's just been fantastic for the Scarlets for the last twelve months. How good is the atmosphere around Scarlets Rugby now? Are there more people coming through the gates? We visibly thought there was a lot more in the stadium yeah. than we would have seen in other years. Definitely. I mean, it was almost a perfect storm. First game of the season, they was their first game back as champions. They just signed Lee Halfpenny, and you had the added edge of, a, of playing a South African side. So there was just over nine thousand here for the first game against the Southern Kings last week against Edinburgh. Um, with all respect to Edinburgh, it's not a game that usually attracts a big crowd. They had over eight thousand here for last weekend, and. Uh, just was it seven thousand six tonight? So yeah, I mean the the, cr- the crowds are coming back. I mean signing someone like Lee Halfpenny, it's just fantastic for the Scarlets because they're so used to losing big name players, the likes of Liam Williams, George North, Jonathan Davis was now back, of course, but they're so used to their best players leaving. So to get a, such a big name as Lee coming back here has just been fantastic. And yeah, I mean winning the title as Connick, well, no, you win the title and fans come and love to see a winning side. Well, it's great that they've taken some of the gloss off. You know, for recent years, it's always been the Ospreys, hasn't it? So it's great that the, that that you know that the Scarlets, who were the first team to ever win the title, are back. You know, and yeah. they and to be fair, they have always been probably the most consistent yeah. of all the Welsh sides. So it's actually good to see them back up there again. Scarlets Ospreys next week as well, so that'll be an intriguing uh, game. When's that all? What That's next Saturday evening. So uh, it's uh, at the Liberty, and of course with the Ospreys. Recent struggles. It's uh, they're going to be they're going to be firing there next week because they'll they'll want away with this game as as a game to almost ignite their season. People will realise maybe back on proper good rivalry there. Like. Oh yeah, it's pretty intense. I mean, yeah. uh, obviously players they know each other from the Will setup. You know the British Lions setup. This Scarlet players who live in Swansea, Swansea uh, Ospreys players who you know who live down this neck of the woods, and it's it's just uh, just a great rivalry, and it's uh, it's supplanted almost the old Netley Swansea Swansea Neath rivalries that they. Used have in the clubs. I'm going to bring my Celtic edge. I've let you away with British Lions once, but I'm not going to let you away with British Irish Lions. British, sorry, apologise. <laughs> I do apologise. I sorry. have to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that, that Ale, it doesn't Celtic matter. Cousin here, cousin. <laughs> I think I, I said, I think sorry, when I got off the ferry today, I think I said, I, there's something about English houses that I like. And Alan was like, I think you mean Wales, Rob. So, you know, it goes both ways. It goes both ways. So I did it last year. I talked about England last year all the time when it was in Wales. So, yeah. Hey, do you know, a couple of things maybe to finish Connick some good performances beyond Noel McKeown who was probably our best player we heard, heard from him afterwards there and it was interesting to hear him even on that answer on the Ulster game you know I was asking can we win an Ulster I haven't won there since 1960 he was like yeah of course we can but, well, that's what would you expect from a yeah. professional player who. But it was just I was looking more. I wasn't looking for the yeah answer. I was looking for how he answered it, and it was kind of right. interesting to see his kind of smile and his sense of, yeah, you guys with your media stuff. You know? Well, yeah, we, that's that's part of the it's part of the entertainment yeah. element of it. That you know there is an entertainment element to it as well as a sporting element. At some um, point, they have to win a regular. You would have thought it's not the right time. Nineteen sixty, Rob. Can you believe that? In a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Play like that, and they get every chance. Yeah. Even the Welsh, obviously, are looking. They got a strong squad, as strong as any squad in the, in the competition this year. You know, some of the signings they made. If they get everyone fit, they look in a, a real force. But uh, I think their yeah. their best signing was John O'Gibbs. 
he's given them a hard edge that they didn't have in the forwards and they are now getting front football and that's a heck of a backline much like the Scarlet's backline you give them front football and you really don't have a chance and of course one of Natalie's favourite sons Dwayne Peel as well so. yes <laughs> absolutely yeah. I think they're, they're travelling up there with a little bit more lightness than what they would have been travelling up there last weekend yeah. and I think that's the most important thing that there's positivity there after after a poor start and that you know they will go up there saying Kieran Keane said they had a plan to beat the Scarlets that they thought they could implement that that you know could he didn't say actually to beat no, the Scarlets he, he what worried me is he said that could trouble the Scarlets but in right, post game I'm kind yes. of feeling well you yeah, did have a plan did. he yeah. said to trouble not to beat them yeah. so I'm sure that they're going to take all the, the positives from this game and try to and try to do that and, and I think you know this could be this hopefully this particular fixture is a turning point in Connacht's season that they will go on and, and gain greater confidence and, and that diamond will be a little bit more polished even so than it was this week. Rob, do you get in West Wales a kind of a feeling that if you wanted to, in the old days, if you want to give the Clenley Scarlet a bit of a kicking sometimes because you feel they're letting you down, do you get a look sometimes from within the camp going, you're supposed to be on our side? Do you get, we get a little bit of that because we, we've probably been kicking Connacht the last four weeks more than most in this podcast, I certainly have in the reports. At the same time, it's just because you know what quality is there. Yeah, it's, it's been, it's been refreshing the last 12 months because yeah. I'm not too... So it's yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Can't remember us being bad. Rob. I mean, but yeah, you look, I mean, I honestly, I remember the Connick game twelve months ago vividly. At half time, there were fans shouting "Taxi for Peabock." No, uh, yeah, and, and really? <laughs> <laughs> who are they? Three, three, three games into the season, they'd lost at home to Munster. They'd been to Edinburgh and lost. Uh, they'd lost out in Ulster, and they were losing at home to Connacht. Yeah. And yeah, and it just shows how fickle people can be. And you know, no one could have predicted the Scarlets at that stage of going on to win the title. You know, but that's of things change very quickly. Yeah, here, here to that. We we are we were looking at the Champions Cup draw. We're we're like you first, Ellen. But this is Scarlets need to go out and win uh, win that group and, and make a statement for the Pro 14 as well. They certainly do, and and you certainly look at that team, and and there's no reason why they they can't do it. Um, I think there's there's going to be a self confidence that has always seemed to be missing. It's one thing I can never quite understand with the Welsh teams that when they go up against the English sides and the French sides, they seem to go into their shell a little bit and you'd wonder why. Just go and play a rugby. You're really skillful players. You're, you're winning six nations on a regular basis. Why can't you do it when you're playing with your, your clubs? Yeah. I think Scarlets in Europe still hoped uh, that Rob Evans went off early today and Samson Lee was missing today. Awesome. Those yeah. those two are key members of the pack. That's and the, why our scrum had such a good time. Scarlet's <laughs> scrum was under pressure tonight yeah. and uh, those are key players. And obviously James Davis is missing as well, which is obviously he's been uh, he's been outstanding for the last three years. So he's going to miss the opening probably four rounds of Europe with the with a shoulder injury so he's a big loss but uh, yeah with that back division I mean they're capable of tearing any any side apart if they get it right on the day so uh, yeah they, 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 I know in the past they've targeted the league ahead of Europe in recent years but I know this year they're really going to give Europe a go Best elements uh, best kind of positives from Connacht today start with Alan then Lindley you know things that you're going to take away from this heading to next week I think the 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 trust of players had in each other out there. There seemed to be more leadership out there than we've seen for the last little while. It's as though the absence of John Muldoon meant that they didn't have a father figure on the field that they were all turning to when things were going wrong and they'd realised they have to do it themselves, that they're, they're adults, they're, they're professional players and they seem to take a lot more responsibility right across the board today. I thought I was very impressed by that. 
Yeah, I tend to agree. There was a little more ownership on the pitch today from the from the players, and particularly some of the young players. And I have to say, before the match, I was a little bit worried about who was going to step up in the absence of John Muldoon, who's been ever present for this for so many years now. But I was delighted to see it. Um, I think that what's going to come out of it is the fact that when they do trust each other, and when they are given that that maybe that little bit of space that they had today, that they were able to show off their skills. Yes, loads of mistakes, but loads of positivity. And I think, as I say, there'll be a, a great a lightness in their hearts moving forward from 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 this match. Greater belief. I think that that they, you could see the belief flooding into them as they played that game today. There was definitely from the start of the game they were making more mistakes. They didn't seem to be afraid to make mistakes, which was a huge thing. Last year they, be, they appeared to be afraid to make mistakes, whereas today they were willing to try stuff, and much like the, the Scarlets, willing to try stuff. And so what if you let it try and we just score more tries than you? Unfortunately, yeah. Scarlett did score more tries than us. Because Scarlett's made a lot of errors as well, and it was just that kind of sense that you just know when, when Scott Williams knocks the ball out, it could pop up a couple of minutes later and just burst through your defence. Yeah, I think a few of those errors as well were down to pressure by the Connacht defence. Oh, yeah. I thought they had great line speed. They really put pressure on the Scarlets at the breakdown area. They put pressure on, on their back division. I think they, they knew what the capabilities of the Scarlets behind the scrum, and uh, they did rattle them at times. You know, And, I mean, those cause errors... Um, you know, the Southern Kings came here first game of the season. They just gave Scarlett so much room. It, all, it was almost too easy at times for the backs of just having a look and seeing what was on and just popping a ball up here and there. But tonight they didn't have that time, and I think that was a key part of, of Connick's game. Okay, before we do any other business, how far do you think Connick could go this season at this point, right? So now we've got a chance to just go breathe a little bit after the bad start. Potential. To, to get top to get into this Champions Cup. Well, if you look at the table, we're still we're in fourth, but Cheetahs are third, and that doesn't count. So and the two, we're currently we're, holding a Champions Cup. We're currently Cup. holding a Champions Cup. Wow. Zebra Hard and Cardiff can go ahead of us if they win their games, but Zebra are playing against Ulster, I believe, and Cardiff are playing Munster. So I can't see either of them so two winning. So you still think right now, we as we stand, despite one win for five, top well, four is still. You, know, you have to look at the table, and there's the table showing that you know we still have we're still right in the mix, and you know you're looking at a situation where. I get the feeling we mightn't have as many players missing during international breaks this year, which will allow us to get the, moment, the sort of momentum we had two seasons ago, and you just don't know. Would you call it as a playoff team? We're in a different conference than you guys. It's, 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 the conference system has made it really interesting because yeah. said, you see, all right, the Cheetahs are, uh, what are they, second or third at the moment, yeah. having three bonus point wins at home. They were awful on the road and they were opening two games, so I'm, you know, I'm not sure how many games they're going to win away from home, so it's. I don't know, it's a difficult one. The Blues aren't winning, the Ospreys aren't winning. Zebra aren't going to win a huge amount of games. Blues are winning when they, when they score well, last well, minute. Yeah, well, that was the first game. So. <laughs> but, yeah, but they are struggling. Yeah, they're not yeah. struggling. The Ospreys yeah. are struggling. So that's, you know, you expect Glasgow and Munster to, to, yes. to secure those top two spots. But our third spot could be anyone's. The lead, do you feel that kind of... You were saying today, listen, way too soon to be talking about this kind of stuff. Do you still think that... Yeah, I do. I do. I think there's, we'll a, lot of, I think there's a lot of rugby to be played, and and when you say you know maybe the, the teams like Zebra and you know Treviso aren't going to win a lot, you know we might be a little bit surprised this year by you know by Zebra and with with Michael Bradley at the helm and a few changes there and their attitude is you know to and Connor O'Shea. So I think yes, it is a little bit too soon, but I. But, you know, we're always, you know, let's say we're always positive. We've done it before. There's, there's nothing to say we can't do it again. And Conatar are only going to get better and better, hopefully, as, as time goes on. Any other business? You're not used to this, so I'm going to give you your any other business. I'm going to present it to you. 
Juan Osprey, who was playing in the game before the Scarlet's game, has an unfortunate incident that's going to be making the headlines around. I mean, I was just content of a story of a season already. Poor Scott Baldwin um, was ruled out of tonight's game against the Cheetahs because he had his hand bitten by a lion when on safari in South Africa. So it's one of the more unusual uh, pre-game injuries you'd, you're likely to find. And yeah, oh, I hope he's just okay. Add, just adds, yeah, I hope, yeah, of course. But bother, God. But uh, it just adds to the Ospreys. <laughs> yeah, what, what's happened the last few weeks for the Ospreys, to be honest. But uh, yeah, fingers crossed. I'm just loving the quote from Steve Tandy. It's pretty stupid on Scott's behalf. <laughs> <laughs> Not, not mincing words. Oh, I'd like our own coach for not mincing words. <laughs> Any other business, Alan? Uh, no, no. Lovely ferry journey across. I know William isn't too keen on ferries, but give me a ferry any day. Re- it's so much more relaxing. You bring this morning on the motorway. I had a bit Absolutely, of a chat. Yeah. I got on the boat. I slept for three hours, relaxed. Yeah. Rolled off, got some good food. And so out. much more chill than trying to beat your way through airport security and having to take Went off to your car. shoes and... But I oh no, God, no, just far Would you back. like extra insurance in Chicago? No, I'd like to get on the ferry, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, love the ferries. We'll be back again next year, guaranteed. Look, look Although forward. we won't be, because you're not in their conference. Oh, no, and then there's no, there's no trip to, uh, to Golly for, for the, for the Scarlet side of this oh. year. So. Next year, you're coming to us. You're coming to us next year, but oh, it's kind of, we're not, not getting this year. Season, yeah. this season, yeah, yeah. unfortunately. Boo, so, uh, boo. Lindy, become a favourite of Scarlet's fans. Big favourite of Scarlet's fans, the trip to Galway. Ah, uh, yes. Well, they, they like going to Ireland in general after last, yeah, yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah, Mother yeah, God, yeah. we can beat anyone. Lindy, thanks very much. Welcome. All right, guys. Alan. Cheers, Rob. That's it for me. Rob, thanks a million. Great, great to see you again, Rob. Should just Thank call you. over anyways for another <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Rob Lloyd, thanks very much. Thanks, it. That's it from us, folks. We will be back next week. And in the middle of the week, we'll be back with our usual mini podcast, press conference stuff and all that. Yeah, because we've got the European launch as well, so... <laughs>